0: Welcome into the Esports Network podcast as we go into a deeper dive of the things going around uh, all things esports. I mean, we're talking Hearthstone, we're talking, we got Pokemon Go. Is that still a thing? I don't know, but somebody who is still a thing, at least in my book and in my heart, Hunter Cook, freelance reporter for .esports and many, many more. Hunter, how are you, my man? I'm pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm surviving, man. This is, this is, this is fun working from home covering esports seeing you pump out article after article after article it's it's great fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thanks man i appreciate that no problem yeah, it, working for home is nice sorry that was all
0: I was no say. no it is very nice i agree so uh, 100 texas tech alum you have credits covering traditional sports all the way going from high school professional moving into rainbow six siege with Siege siege.gg now you're one of the what i i'll say this you're one of the top dogs at dot esports out of that reporter pool like, you're number one in my heart and and you know in my on my eyeballs apparently because I'm just reading every article you're posting out there.
1: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that a lot. We got a great team.
0: I mean, I mean, it's a great team. But you know, we all know who's the uh, <coughs> batting cleanup on that squad right now. Just, just saying. Dot <laughs> esports should really, really uh, look at uh, your contract and make sure you're taken care of for the oh, foreseeable you're, future.
1: You're you're being too kind. You're being too kind.
0: Well, just when that when that <laughs> signing bonus comes in, I'm getting ten percent. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, for, for, for clarity's sake, that is not happening. <laughs> Just making sure everybody's aware, okay? <laughs> before, before we get any uh, accusations of bias. No, like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm not tampering. No, 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 no. i right, so NBA, back off. I'm not tampering. I promise. I promise. Okay, so let's get down to, to the actual brass tacks. Uh, Hunter, talk dirty to me, man, but not in that way. Cheating scandal breaking out in the Counter Strike Global offensive scene. Uh, Esports uh, uh, the Esports in- Integrity Commission is involved the FBI and their their sports betting division is involved and it's just absolutely insane so, so paint the picture for me right what exactly went on who was involved in all of this uh, this match fixing scandal so the
1: what is happening is actually kind of like a lot of it is not public. There is a lot that is still uh, yet to be revealed. This has been, we it's, it's been slow cooking for about a year now, which is why like uh, a lot, a lot of people seem to have like kind of lost interest in it when it first was like b- breaking news when people like, like Richard Lewis and dust Two And like Ryan Rushby media are, were all over this. Like, it was new. It was fresh, and now we're seeing people kind of start to lose interest. Until the past week, when it all of a sudden was um, announced that the FBI is going to be looking into this as well, and now it's kind of back on the forefront of everyone's mind. It's it's kind of like, I mean, it's always been there, lurking. And if you weren't in the know, you kind of did forget about it, and you kind of did you kind of did say like, well. Maybe this isn't happening. Maybe um everyone was blowing smoke. Well, no, not true. It's been because now it's been revealed that like they're working with the FBI. They're working with like genuine, like they they're going after genuine um like like examples of gambling, like impropriety right. and things like that. So while I do not know the full scope of what is happening, essentially from what I've been able to gather from reading and somewhat regurgitating other people's reporting is that there was a league that was affiliated with ESEA. I could be wrong at that, but I do know for a fact that was called the Mountain Dew League. Yes. MDL MDL for short. So in MDL, there were a lot of players that were tier two or tier three Counter-Strike players for a very long time. They really were not going anywhere with their careers. It didn't look like they were going to break onto any top squad soon, or they were kind of like washed up top squad guys. And there was, I think the only word to describe the level of match fixing that was happening is rampant. Like wow. it, it was rampant. It was uh, everywhere to the point where a lot of like up and coming players' careers, for, from a competitive integrity standpoint, obviously it's bad because like uh, up and coming players that want to do well, like their careers are now compromised. Like if you were in MDL during this time period, how can anyone look at you? with the reports still kind of like looming and say like, okay, yeah, I, I I can trust this. It's very, very difficult for a lot of uh for a lot of people right now. Most uh importantly like the match fix is about to get really, really tough for them because all of this stuff seems to be breaking at about like the same time.
0: Right. It is essentially
1: it's... the FBI is involved though, mm-hmm. because this has gotten so big to the point where there are very significant amounts of money being thrown around. And it's not it's not like they are sitting there and discussing how to match fix and Snapchat groups only, which they are. The FBI being involved to me would indicate the presence of something with deeper organization. Perhaps and this is complete spitball, a spitballing like conjecture, just right. kind of like re, this, this, this is reading the tea leaves. I have not been reporting on this. I don't have any kind of insider knowledge. To me, that would indicate, um, at its most extreme, organized crime involvement. Wow. Um, so we we know that like that's something that the American mob like has a very long history in. Was like match fixing and the uh, like the horse racing and in baseball to some extent for a very very long time ago. In a in addition, like this, also could be. And I mean, this isn't a uh, type of scandal new to CS. Um, something where a betting site is actually doing something that is not exactly like above the boards, so where they're fixing matches that people can bet on on their sites. And I mean, oh, I mean, w- w- once again, this is not something new to CS. There was a massive scandal back in the day where uh, content creators were not disclosing that they had ownership stakes in betting sites and were posting uh, YouTube videos. Of them gambling for CSGO skins, but the gambles were like rigged and it was meant to like entice people to want to come on their site without disclosing those business interests. That's a crime. Like, right. that's, that's a, that's a, we're, we're not talking about like, oh, you're being weird and you're advertising gambling to children. That's a crime. You go to jail for that. You are, you are like wringing blood from the stone of like children, which is not good. Now, I don't necessarily know. All of the in-depth things, but like the storm has been brewing for a while, and it seems like it is all going to come down very soon. I mean, this week or next week, soon. Wow! And it's it's been coming along for a year, and it involves like there are allegations of people, specifically uh, Valorant players, who have been involved in this. I don't necessarily want to like bring that up. On your show, um, mm-hmm. but that information of who it is alleged to be isn't exactly a secret. You could probably find it if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. it's happening. It's coming very, very, very soon. It's e- Esik is involved with it. The esports, like it is, it's huge. Yeah, it it, it is going to fundamentally change the way that Counter Strike um is marketed. It's gonna fund it is already fundamentally changed uh, the people who are involved with uh, MDL and were clean's careers. It is going to change the way that a lot of esports organizations operate in terms of like how much leeway they give uh, gambling sites, or at the very least, I hope it does. Um I think that something that we should all very much be aware of is that the report being out there does not necessarily mean that justice will be done. Right. Um, As we saw with like uh, the previous like counter-strike betting site scandals, some of the people who perpetuated that are still like, they they did barely got any jail time or they got like fines or slaps on the hands. And they're still out there like prominent members of like many communities, super successful people. When you can argue from a moral standpoint that they should have absolutely no reason being in the position or at, there's absolutely no way they should be in the position that they're in. No, you're like right. They have way, they have way too much influence for what they did. They, they, they cannot fundamentally be trusted. And that's not a knock on them. They, they may have reformed, but I mean, when you do something like this, when you do something like match fix, when you do something like lie about your ownership of, of a betting site, you fund them, it From my opinion, like everything you say or do from then on. Outside of like having it all like completely transparent and open to like third-party investigation, which no business is going to spring for, no tournament organizer is going to spring for. That would be mm-hmm. way too costly to their business models. Then it's just like you're you're stuck. You 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 can't do anything. And if this was like a just system, a lot of those people would be gone. And even if the results of this investigation was like the FBI are conclusive. I mean shoot even if people are like taken to jail. Mhm. I mean beyond that it's really hard to see like any kind of like fair consequences coming for this, right?
0: Yeah. No, you're 100% right, man. It's 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 the same old story being told from, you know, years past. And it's going to be it, it's going to be told again. I feel like really at this mm-hmm. point the only way you, you you teach a lesson in that way is you have to take people to jail for longer than a few months, for longer than community service is, you know, in, in their sentence. For, like, mm-hmm. this, the whole story is just insane to me. Like, the, the ESA commissioner, Ian Smith, continually he dropped hints for like a week straight, saying that they had more, they had more than enough evidence to bring forth. And, he, and then all of a sudden, this audio recording comes out, and it's just like, it seems like it's the nail in the coffin, and mm-hmm. so, I mean, from from obviously, we don't have all the information on our. Let me be very upfront: we don't have any uh, uh, it, like in-depth insider knowledge on what is going on with this investigation from the ESIC or the FBI. For the most, we're, we're kind of just spitballing and, and talking about the implications of what the results of this investigation could prop up for Counter Strike. And mm-hmm. so, obviously, the Mountain Dew League is is kind of uh, what would you call it? Tier two, tier three league? It, it's it,
1: it's absolutely tier two. And, and to be clear about something else too, when I say <clears throat> like. A fair punishment. I don't have any insider knowledge again of the depth of this. I don't even know what a fair punishment would look like. Like, I I don't even know. I I don't necessarily think people should be like banned from esports for life because of this. Like, you should be able to have like a life beyond this. Like, if redemption is not the goal of justice, then. What are we doing here right. like what 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 are we trying to like prove? let's just ban everyone for every single uh possible minuscule transgression they've done for life, and that's how we'll restore justices through fear i I don't think that's like i I don't think that's the best path, but it's really, really difficult to watch the to watch this happen, and i mean as of right now, there's been no real provable Consequences. I mean, there may be social and professional consequences. Like behind the scenes, some of these players, uh, some of these alleged match match fixers have um, dealt with.
0: But like, we'll never know. No, no, you're right, and and it's 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 just crazy to me. I'm 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 thinking in the back of my head, like if this storm gets big enough and goes wide enough, where it it, it hits the the tier one leagues, it hits Mm -hmm. Valorant. This could be either a, a killing blow for counter-strike or maybe even a significant setback for Valorant? I mean, what are your thoughts? Is this something that could affect the scene as a whole in terms of just how it's viewed, how it's marketed, and, and just how crazy it could be within the next week, within a month or two, when this investigation concludes?
1: It will 100% affect Valorant. And like that, I don't think that's a question of if. I think that's a question of when. I think um, because a big chunk of these accusations have come Around the time when I mean we're we're celebrating it today. I mean the the Valorant beta was announced today, right? And a lot of these players, somewhat I would think uh, foolishly, but as also like Ian Smith, like the commissioner of e 6 famously said, we're dealing with idiots. They thought um, they could make it away that they they could get clean by just hopping over from, from CS to Valorant. There are some people in tier one organizations that are going to get hit by this. They're active members of their uh, Valorant rosters. This is not a situation where I think that, like, Counter-Strike has already been hit with it because the Tier 2 scene in in ACS, and, I mean, the Tier 1 scene, too, if you want to go into that, is dead. Like, North American Counter-Strike is, like, bleeding out. It, It is on life support. The massive consequences there have already happened for for the most part like sure there will be like tournament organizers and stuff and people that get um heat or maybe some like betting sites or something but i could also see that like improving in a way now that it's verified like okay this person is a match fixer this person is not the the the, the cloud will be over the place where the actual storm is going to happen is valorant because To my knowledge, there's really not anyone that's left in the tier one of Counter Strike in North America where this investigation is centered that is even like rumored to be a part of this, and they they very well could be could be completely off base. Who knows? The allegations are specifically from people thinking they could escape this by hopping into Valorant, and as Richard Lewis reported, I mean, Riot's opening their own independent investigations into this, and again, like it's not going to come out super soon because. It takes time. Right. It takes time when you're working with the literal FBI about this. Like it it takes a long time. And a lot of the journalists doing like excellent work on this, they're about to be vindicated. I mean, the entire crew over at Dust 2. Yep. Richard Lewis himself, who has been harping on this for a year to mostly deaf. Years somewhat from the Valorant community, I would I would consent that there's a lot of people behind the scenes in the know that understand like how bad this could potentially get. But I feel like a lot of the fan base that has been cultivated, especially those com- that like migrated from other games like maybe Rainbow Six, maybe Overwatch, I, I really don't think they're, I-, I really don't think they're they're getting how bad this could potentially be. We could be talking about a complete. Scene reset. Wow. To where there are enough players implicated in this and enough people potentially serving game, uh, serving jail time or suffering like bans for a year that several top teams could completely and totally reshuffle, or it'll kickstart a massive like roster shuffle that will have massive implications all the way down. This is going to be very much a like come to Jesus moment where. There's potential for everything we know about Valorant to change, and we don't know exactly who. And I think that is th- that is the issue right now. Why I, I don't understand why this isn't like the top story in massive headlines across every subreddit, across every like uh, e- esports publication. and Why n- everyone doesn't have people on this? Like this has this has reverberating consequences. Not necessarily also because what it will do to Valorant. But the precedent it will set for other match fixers across the whole of esports, because I will guarantee you, whatever happens to these guys, if it's light, match fixers and other esports will look at it and say, like, ah, oh, they 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 got off easy, nothing's going to happen. If it's heavy, they will think
0: twice. Wow, I mean, I gotta be honest, I did not expect this to be such a, a heavy topic. We're talking about the 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 closing of a scene, the reset of a scene as a result of this this powder keg of of match-fixing, because, you know, it, like like Ian Smith said, it, it was a couple of idiots in the Mountain Dew League that were caught doing this, caught recorded, audio recordings of this. They did it, and they, they even questioned. I saw the transcript. They even questioned, like, oh, are we being recorded? And one guy's like, nah, don't worry about it. What? You're just gonna flat out, you know you're being recorded, you're being so stupid about this, and then after that, this the investigations that ensued, It's it's absolutely insane and so uh i mean in terms of, of a talent pool i mean pretty much na and cs is is done for talent if this comes out any further than you know tier one like there's no way they can ever rec- recuperate in terms of talent uh, i mean obviously you have the the amateur scene on on CSGO, but it can't compete up against european pros they mm. can't it can't really compete on the inter- in, international uh level now people just
1: jump to Valorant. Exactly. They'll, 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 they'll jump to Valorant, even the legit people will. And that's ev- eventually, like, if the CS scene is in NA is going to die, it's because of this. And it'll end up killing itself. Because if there's no, like, realistic competition, like, what's the point of playing in MDL? Right. What's the point of, well, what's the point in any Tier 2 CS? Whereas, like, in Valorant, it's a brand new scene. There, there's so much open. And I, I do also want, like, this is getting, a, like, a little bit doomsday. Right. The cynic in me also says there's a massive possibility that nowhere near the appropriate level of consequences will happen to those involved. And they're also, I mean, there's all sorts of like factors. But one thing that I do know is true the people that are in the know about all of this and the people who have been reporting on it, they're not selling you a crock of bull for lack of a better phrase. They're saying it's a big deal. And these are all very trusted people who have broken incredibly important stories and whose journalistic records are about as close to impeccable as you can get in esports. I trust their word when they're saying that this is going to have massive consequences that will reverberate across multiple scenes that we really will not know the depth of until, I mean, the FBI report drops.
0: Wow. That's just absolutely absolutely um insane just just to me it's just crazy that this is going to to really change not just not just you know an individual scene not just one or two scenes it'll change probably the entire landscape of esports in north america moving forward which is mm-hmm. something that that's crazy uh to think about so um i, I kind of don't want to bring this next topic up because it's just like it seems so small scale now but like geez i, I kind of yeah, have fine. to ask like uh, fun stuff. Is there anything? I mean, I, this is something that I, I saw on Twitter, and people were, were were obviously speculating, spitballing, whatever you want to call it. They were going crazy with this. And over the week, uh, we saw the Valorant championship. Uh, what was a Champions Tour for North America? Top three teams get knocked out. Gen mm-hmm. G, Face Clan, Sentinels, in that order, bounced, gone. They're not. They're not moving forward into the next round or towards the main event for North America. So, does. Does the first off does the max f- match fixing af- had any effect on this at all, or was it simply uh, a, a fact that Valorant is actually a pretty wild scene for teams right now?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, I think that Valorant is. I mean, it's a year old game with a constantly evolving meta. I mean, they just added Astra. Astra is a massive uh, meta shifting operator right. or uh, operator a- agent. She's she's very strong. And I think that there are also teams that are benefiting from a lot of the uh, teams that went on deep Masters runs, having a lot of film on them, and there not being a lot of film on some of the other teams who are um, maybe not necessarily tier two, but kind of like tier one point five. Like they're pretty good, but they never like really, really broke out into any of the like challengers competitions. There's a lot of meta shifts going on right now. Like, it, it, it's not all of, like, the looming match-fixing organi- uh, stuff is, like, freaking people out. Gotcha. But there are, like, there, there, there are concerns, I would say. Like, y- you would be insane not to be concerned at this point with everything that everyone's heard. But also, there's a meta shift as well. And it's, it's just the first Challengers event. I think some of those teams, like Sentinels, will uh, they'll will regroup. That's a really strong team. They play well together. They and especially if they do end up signing tens long term. Oh yeah. Which I, I I don't think there's anything um necessarily public about that yet. I do know his buyout is massive. Like Oof. his buyout from Cloud 9 would be in my opinion in an online only esport where we still don't have like lands. It would be very difficult to justify a buyout that high, even for a player as strong as tense. Like that's a lot of money to be throwing at something you don't know will work. And th- there's just all sorts of like compounding factors. And honestly, a lot of those other teams are really good. I mean, North America tends to focus on Sentinels because they're extremely market marketable they're extremely successful they tend to focus on 100 thieves because i'm I mean it's it's the hoodie org like they they have a lot of fans it's um, the merch
0: man they,
1: yeah their fans hype them up and hey like if you have fans you have fans there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that but there are other teams like immortals like jinji like um ghost that like bbg like yep. anbox that have were really good. They were always really good and they've always challenged those top teams. But from looking at social media, you wouldn't really know about that. Like, how much do you know, actually know about like Envy's Valorant team? They've uh, been yeah. his, the, historically over the entire tenure of Valorant Esports, even though 100 Thieves won first strike, Envy has been more overall successful than 100 Thieves. I don't even think that's like disputable. They have better placements overall. They've been stronger for longer. They only got better when they added food and crashies, and they're looking really strong moving forward. But again, they don't have the same kind of like reach. So what I think we're seeing here partially is like, yeah, these big teams are good, and yeah, these teams have had like a lot of success. But there is kind of like an inherent uh, social bias based on like what we see because part of like part of analyzing whether a team is good, especially like right now in Valorant where you don't have like a lot of replays where you don't have like access to comms. There's no real way for us as like observers to analyze something fully. You do kind of rely on like what the mob thinks. And if the mob thinks the team is good, uh, they're probably pretty good. And if the mob thinks the team is bad, then Hey, I mean, maybe there's something to it. I don't think that's, um, I, I think it's understandable, but I don't think it's a really good way to analyze anything long term. So, I and I don't really think this is like a regression to the mean for any of those teams at all. And I don't even necessarily think that 100 Thieves and Sentinels are like outside of the top five. I think that gap as all between them has always been significantly closer than a lot of people would think it had been with teams like Envy, teams like Gen G. They're not bad, they never have been. They just weren't the best. And now that they have finally they're they're finally cracking that you know tier one point five ceiling. Everyone's just like, oh wow, like they're pretty good too. Yeah. Now, how good they are on the national, on the national, on the international stage is kind of yet to be seen. We'll see how good they are. But I don't necessarily think that it's. I don't think it's necessarily a huge problem, and I don't even think it's all that surprising. I think the Sentinels and Phase were by far and away the two teams. I think Sentinels losing out is super surprising, but not necessarily Phase. I think they. I think they could. Uh, I, I think it's pretty, pretty uh, predictable that eventually that they would have like, they 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 take an L. No, their I feaster, their They're feast or famine. Sometimes yeah. they feast, sometimes they famine. It is what it is.
0: No, it is. And, and you're, you're dead on the money with that. But it's, it's, it's so insane to me that just like uh, how volatile the scene is so far. And I mean, it's only a year mm-hmm. old. It'll, it'll probably even out over the course of, you know, three, four, five years. Uh, but I mean, for me, on an, on an international scale, I mean, it seems like there's a pretty big disparity between like NA and, and EU. I mean, cur- currently, I'm just looking at the Liquipedia rate ratings and every single NA team is rated over 2000. EU, all below like 2000. Uh, Korea is the only one kind of matching NA a bit with with the uh, vision strikers out of mm-hmm. out of uh, out of Korea, but it's just who's is is NA the best t- uh, talented uh, region so far on the international scene?
1: It's hard to say without international competition. I do think that the meme that like or, or not the meme the reality that NA historically has very much underperformed in esports at, uh by sheer virtue of the or, or by, by the measurement of the amount of resources dumped into it, dumped into it as opposed as a region, as opposed to other regions. I think that is like true. I think we'll also see that correct itself as time moves on. Um, early on in eSport, you don't necessarily want to pick up the best team, you pick up the most marketable team. Yep. And then over time you add pieces to make yourself the best team. It, it, picking up the best team uh, in a brand new eSport right off the bat. Like that's just, it's not feasible. One, because you don't know if they're the best team. Two, I mean, what if something happens? What if like something was outrageously broken or they were, you know, abusing an exploit? That there there's too many factors. And I think that eventually a lot of that will regress to the mean. Um I don't necessarily think you'll see a lot of the big organizations remain in an A. Mm-hmm. I think eventually the Media coverage will spread out if that makes sense, yeah, for sure. But I don't think that means NA is bad. I think that Sentinels are with tens when tens is on, they are probably the best team in the world. Wow, now, Sentinels being good doesn't mean that NA is good, the same way Vision Strikers being you know utterly excellent doesn't mean the rest of Korea is.
0: You remember that, on.
1: But I think we'll have to see I, I it's it's very difficult to I I, I know that I know the point is to like to say like definitively but I I just don't think we will have any definitive answer until like until Iceland
0: fair. that's a fair point I mean what's the uh what's the end all like Valorant season uh championship called just the Valorant champions is that what it's called so far I'm I'm trying to remember I what it was I believe
1: it it is called Champions, yes. Okay,
0: cool. So that's like the real, that's like the world, that's the international mm-hmm. for Valorant so far. So I, that's yes. kind of what I'm, what I'm gearing towards in, in the future, just trying to see if I can map out who's, who's got the, the in and come, you know, championship time that they will, I can make my bets pretty much. But I'm not trying to say that out loud. Don't you didn't hear that from me. I'm trying to, <laughs> get, not, not trying to get involved with the FBI so far, but... <laughs> I just got to bring this up. I know we're not running short on time. I just want to make sure we get everything that I want to talk to you about out of the way. Uh, Primarily, I want to talk to you about what you like to talk about, which is uh, Rainbow Six Siege, because Mm -hmm. I know that's that's where your heart. That's where your heart is. That's where you you roost your eggs and everything. That's where you want to be at most of the time. So North American League getting set for their stage one. Who are the powerhouses to watch out for on that scene? I mean, we got Space Station Gaming. They won it all last year. Can they do it again? Like They're currently middling in the standings. Who are your favorites? Ooh. You you go off, man. You go off.
1: Okay. okay. So the grand th- uh, unified theory of Rainbow Six is that a team is only as good in, in my opinion. This is completely a Hunter take, but I think this is backed up by a lot of conversations. I think it's backed up by a lot of data. I think it's backed up by a lot of fact. Um, stats in Rainbow Six are incredibly misleading. Uh, because of the fundamental way like the game is played, and that like your entries typically have like a lot of resources dumped into them, so they naturally have better kill to death stats, better cost stats, lots of things. The real worth of a team is how good their IGL is, how Ooh. good their communication is. In this way, it is incredibly similar to American football, and that is the perspective I think we need to have while analyzing it. Space Station, in particular. Lost their IGL. Yep. He retired uh, outside of the transfer window, actually, just about a month ago. Uh, Troy Canadian just lost. Yep. Canadian is without a doubt, like it's not even close. North America's most successful player. He's the winner of two six invitationals, one pro league before he's won. He, he, he's won it all. Like he is. He is the he's the face. Of North American Rainbow Six Siege. Like you have to pick a guy that you're sticking out in the front in the you know, the arms crossed photos that everyone does. Yep. He, he's in the front. He's he's at the tip of the spear, the point of the flying. He's
0: seat. the Red Ranger in that picture right there, right? Yes.
1: Yes, correct. He he is the Red Ranger. And he's gone. He's retired. It's not as simple as slotting in someone who was like an entry player, especially because of the roles he plays. He was their IGL and he played their hard breach. Hard Breach, in particular, in North America right now, is not a very talented position. NA has a lot of very good entries. And in particular, they have a lot of really, really, really good flex players. Like, I think um, Space Station's uh, Thinking Nade is probably a top five flex player in the world. Wow. And their other, like, flex player who is now, like, running Hard Breach, Bosco, is also a top five flex player in the world. Like, this is a very, very, they have a very solid backbone if that makes sense, Space Station does. But when you lose that IGL, it's almost like losing a star quarterback. And while not all of their strategies ran through Canadian, it's not a stretch to say that he was the voice of that team, he was the emotion of that team, and he was the primary shot caller for that team. You do not replace a guy like that. That is a guy that you retool everyone else and you go find another guy like him Now, i'm not saying these other guys like can't be on this level like eventually but as of right now that is a massive blow to have and i and i think it shows i think it shows in their early season loss i think they're having a little bit of trouble like um adjusting to some things Mm -hmm. but again like this is space station he was a major tool are not, not a tool in that sense, but he was a major like, uh, you, you get what I'm saying here. Like on, yeah. I, I don't have to explain myself. Like, he's the captain. You know he saying?
0: was the captain. They lost their captain. Yeah, man. yeah.
1: He, he's, yes, he's, he's, he's the captain. And uh, it's tough to move on from that. Actually, the NAL is on right now and Space Station is up three on TSM, which is surprising because if I had to pick a top dog in North America right now, it would be TSM. TSM is a team that I view as the complete package. They have Bolo, who is probably the most mechanically gifted player in Rainbow Six Siege entirely. At the very least, he's the best in North America. I think only Shiko from BDS in Europe is better. Wow. Uh, Geometrics, great flex player. Achieved, great flex player. Uh, Chala, great flex player. Uh, Merc, TSM's entry, when he is on, he he just doesn't miss. I think that is a very, very good team and one to look out for. I am also super high on Dark Zero this season. Dark Zero probably made the roster move of the offseason, bringing in um, the Rookie of the Year, yep. essentially uh, NJR to replace uh, Hot and Cold. And they've retooled their lineup a bit and put um, their captain, Mint, on a couple more of the more more supportive roles, um, on the on attack specifically, so they're kind of like moving into more of a like more aggressive uh, style of lineup, trading a guy who they played support for. I mean, the best young entry in North America, but it's really working out for them well so far. They're leading the standings. Dark Zero is an excellent team too. The beauty of North America is that there are three or four teams that at any given time could pop off and really make waves internationally. Oxygen Esports, who is the other part of what a lot of people call the big four, like they're the last of those four teams in that puzzle, under the Reciprocity banner, they made semifinals at a six-invitational. They've always been at the top tier of North America. Space Station won it all. TSM, at at the previous SI, Mm -hmm. there were six teams invited to the main stage. Three of them were from North America. Space Station won it all. TSM was third, Dark Zero was fifth. This is a very, very strong region. It is a very, very top-heavy region, which is why any roster change to any of these top four, I'm immediately kind of skeptical of unless it's an immediate upgrade, which is why I'm not completely sold on Space Station. I actually published a, a feature with them today reporting that they're looking at any and all options They are not their stand in right now is their analyst, Luke. Yep. And they are not completely and totally sold on Luke being the future. They're not like counting out, but they could go with a replacement from any region. Like they are really scouring like the globe to get the best guy. Space Station is very serious about Rainbow Six. This is a very, very good roster that has had a lot of success over the years. And they're not going to like, Goes silently into the night. If that makes if that makes any sense, yeah, yeah so no, for sure. To uh, to kind of tie a bow on that massive diatribe that I just gave. Sorry, I love Rainbow Six. Um, go for it, man. Space Station. It, Space Station is a very good team. What makes them Space Station is diminished, but not gone. I think uh, since they get to play on land at the esports arena, I think that um, their play style is. How how they play is a really LAN um, centric play style where they don't necessarily take a lot. Too many aggressive fights. They like to sit back and it helps them at times like this. I think they're going to be really good at the NAL, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as like dominant as a lot of people would expect an invitational winning roster to be.
0: No, that makes sense. And so uh, I'll make sure to link that article, by the way, with the uh, Space Station Gaming, making the most of their time with the stand in that'll be in the podcast description but man you you are a rainbow six head and i love it i'm all for it man so if anything comes up in the next uh, few weeks uh, expect a phone call from me again and i'll give you the, the 10% cut of course of my contract no 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 no, no. we're not ta- we're not doing <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing that today no 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 <laughs> fbi please don't get involved uh, anyways man i, I just want to thank you for, for coming on it's always an insightful time with you. On I love I love the diatribes. More diatribes, please. I could. I just hope Dot Esports at one point will like have a camera fixated on your face and you just go off about Rainbow Six. You go off about Valorant. You just become the cynic, the, the, the cynical journalist. I love it. Please, more of that.
1: I, it's somewhere deep in our CMS, uh, because not a lot of people understand like Rainbow Six. There is a sixth is somewhere in our uh, content management system is a 6,000 word article on how to watch the game, what all the positions are and the things to look for. So if you have like an hour you want to burn, you, you can look really smart to your other esports friends. If that ever gets published.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot. It's
1: it, there's just so there. I, I don't, I don't want to go to again. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that you may not notice. Um, the key is in the tricky little details. I mean, again, it's it's American football. Yeah. If you don't know what you're looking at, you don't know what you're looking at.
0: I mean, ask a European, hey, do you know what a two-point conversion is on a shotgun pass? No, they have no clue what you're talking about. Kind of the same thing here with, uh, with Rainbow Six. But I want to thank you again for coming on, man. Awesome stuff, as always. Throw out your socials, where you're writing, everything. Everybody want to, they want to hear it, man. So give it to us.
1: So... First and foremost, for the CS section, I do want to give a massive shout out to all the CS journalists who yes. are providing us with all this info. That's uh, that's Richard Lewis, who is independent, works at and works at Deserto. I believe for a lot of it, that's Ryan at Rushby Media. Ryan at RBM. Yep. Um, That is the team with Dust Two. I don't. I'm sorry. Like,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: That is specifically on the. Uh, Ian Smith interview that we pull a lot from. That yep. is the CSGO YouTuber slash thirty two, who also works with Dust Two. There are a lot of people who have worked incredibly hard uh, at creating accurate uh, content that will eventually help cleaning up the scene, and all of them deserve like your unwavering support. Um, myself, I am at uh, at Diamondback GG. I know it was a really bad choice to make <laughs> my gamer name back then, Diamondback. It's it's just oh, a very bad man. look for a journalist to have, like, oh, he's a snake. Like, oh, great, man. Like, why did I do this? And now I'm too deep in it to change it. I need it's, to just change it to my real
0: No, keep it. Keep it. At this point, it's, it's a character trait. You got to keep it now.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a, a Diamondback GG. I'm at .esports. Also, big shout out to the people at CGG. They do great work. That is Siege.GG.
0: I love the, the GG handles, handles man. There. I love the GG handles. It's just uh, so gamer. Go
1: to esports.gg.
0: Go to so so-and-so.gg. Okay, how do you know you're a gamer <laughs> without telling me you're a gamer? Oh, go to my website.gg. There you go.
1: <laughs> That's very true.
0: Hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on again. It's been a, a really time flies when I'm just discussing all these e- these esports with you. These scenes that I really I don't pay attention too much to them all because I'm trying to get like all my fingers in different scenes. And you just kind of explain the ones that I don't I don't really know that well that much about. And you, it just kind of all evens out in the end. And in return, you you get to shout out and I get to gas you up. (laughs) Thank you. Anyways, man, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. He's Hunter Cook. I'm Kevin Correa. That has been this episode of the Esports Network Podcast.